Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The End Credits, the podcast where two brothers discuss their thoughts on a film of their choosing. I'm Dominic. I'm Jonathan. And today we are back again with another Wes Anderson film, this time his coming-of-age comedy-drama film, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, this one was a wacky one for me, especially starting off. Like, I think once it got to, like, the end and I had, like, time to think about it, I understood, like, key parts and, like, uh, you know, what was happening. And I remember, like, talking about with you, like, uh, like predictions on how this stuff was going to go, especially with Wes Anderson's directing style and what it means for, like... Um, storytelling and how his pacing wise like you know it might be a little wacky while his actual images are a little bit more stable you know with the composition and balance of Mm. symmetry Mm -hmm. uh yeah and uh uh i I don't know like i have like two it's still the same where it's like i have two separate views and i'm like man uh i'm still like conflicted i'm like should i like this or like is this a good thing or is like uh a little bit like too in the far end kind of like in the same i believe i even i brought this up too last time where do you when we're watching 2001 a space odyssey we like eventually go into like this abstract alien uh world and like all these colors with all these like you know meanings and stuff like that like the third act of Right, right, right. But, you know, how it had, like, all these imagery and, like, you're supposed to basically kind of, like, make your own thing to what it means or whatnot. Sure, yeah. And it's kind of, like, I don't know if it's just me as a person or how I'm just too, like, oh, uh, stuff needs to have, I guess, some sort of order or, or, you know, maybe I'm not, like, open-minded enough to be, like, loose and stuff. Or, like, like, look at it in an abstract way right and in this one it's like uh it's very much like you gotta like let go of like traditional styles i guess or like oh uh in order for some things to make sense or for some things to be like okay with it it's gotta be uh i feel like you have to be this like uh open-minded to the sense where you're you're willing to engage in something that's completely different. I think looking at Fantastic Mr. Fox, I think at first it was the same way, but like by the time it ends, you really like get a sense of uh, the world. And in this film, it's it's like it's essentially the same way. I think, you know, hmm. I don't know if you had like strong first thoughts of it before we go into like uh, you know the details of the film. I actually want you to get into the details before I get into my thoughts. Okay, so yeah, this is again directed by Wes Anderson, had a release date of May 25th, 2012, had a runtime of one hour and 35 minutes, and the genre is a coming-of-age comedy drama, another mouthful from the last one. I mean, it was a stop-motion animated... Animation comedy. Yeah, comedy, something like that. This stars Bruce Willis, Edward Norton, Bill Murray, and Francis McDormand.
The year is 1965, and the residents of New Penzance, an island off the coast of New England, inhabit a community that seems untouched by some of the bad things going on in the rest of the world. Twelve-year-olds Sam and Susie have fallen in love and decide to run away. But a violent storm is approaching the island, forcing a group of quirky adults to mobilize a search party and find the youths before calamity strikes. So yeah, did you have any like uh, first thoughts or first impressions when you saw the movie? Uh, so we watched the trailers for we watched a trailer for this film prior to watching the movie. And it's funny because it was the movie that I was least interested in based on its trailer, but uh, I was definitely wrong. And for me personally, I was definitely wrong in that it would be my least favorite because right now it's my absolute favorite. And oh, okay. I, I think it was just as simple as the beginning, just as simple as the opening with the inclusion of um, an orchestra and then breaking down the pieces and the idea of rearranging them. And I love the analogy that they use for it because I think it sets up the film very nicely. And um, I, I, I love that. I love that part a lot. But I, but it, it's not just because I love it for the music and the orchestra because I'm a, I'm a huge music fan and everything. And um, it's, it's just more about how they utilize that message, that analogy for the fact that here is one whole idea but let's break it down into different pieces and then bring it all back to explain the film. And I love that setup. I think it's clever. Can you explain how they use instruments and like, uh, well, give examples on what, what parts of the films, like I don't understand, like, cause I don't remember them actually like breaking down the instruments in the beginning. Did they? Oh yeah. Yeah, they did. Oh, okay. I remember at the end for sure. They did in the beginning. Okay. And, and I paid attention. I paid attention to that specifically because one, because I really, I already know, I already know the different sections. Um, cause I went to, I went to school for, well, not necessarily music, but for sound and, uh, listening to the different pieces being broken down. It was interesting. It was basically just an orchestra bit and breaking down the different sections and everything from strings, um, from woodwinds, from like the brass piano and all of that stuff, um, the percussion instruments. But I loved how they broke everything down, and but it was also an analogy for the rest of the film because it was the idea that everything is together in the very beginning, and then we show the different pieces uh, by themselves, each focusing on each one, and then we come back at the very end and bring it all together to one mm. full thing. And now, since you have discovered every little bit, uh, and, and in this case for the analogy, like once you've heard the drums and it's like solo state, once you've heard the guitars, the the pianos, and it's the same thing for the actual movie itself, like for the different characters. Once you see their own story, and then you see another, and then you see another, and then you bring them all back together, and it's the one whole story. And oh. I was like, I loved how clever it was, and I noticed it from the very beginning. And it was like in the first few moments. Now Mr. Britton arranges the personal theme for the string family. 
sick of the train. The violins, the violas, the cellos, and the double basses. And of course, the harp. the percussion family. All those drums and gongs and things you hit. After this, you will hear the theme by Purcell, played once more in its original form by all four families together. That is, the whole orchestra. Interesting. I did not pick that up because I don't play any instruments or very much like know, you know, each sections like you do. And that's an interesting uh, thing that you, you know, like uh, caught on quick because, yeah, by the end, like I think I understood like that sense of like how they were showing different uh, places of everybody's, you know, lives, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't understand that that was like a play on that's how the instruments are in this uh, orchestra and that's really cool because it's like a new uh storytelling um i guess timeline and it all makes sense because you compare it to something that's you know real and music and and that's interesting yeah that's such a unique take i did also like how you said uh you know clever i did think throughout this whole film that it was very like uh clever in like certain areas just like uh either with like comedy bits or you know certain composition angles yeah or just certain like uh ways they told certain events i did think that they were like clever and to the point where i'm like uh or i'm like uh somewhat exhausted of the fact that i was like man i was like uh, I'm so not clever, you know. Like how did they <laughs> they they come up with like you know this and this and this and this to this the amount like you know I we be lucky or like I'd be lucky to like uh, get one of those moments, you know, or take yeah. super long to uh, create one of those. And it seemed like every single bit had some cleverness into it. And yeah. it's kind of like, man, please teach me the ways or something. Right. You know? <laughs> it's funny that you're mentioning that because I was doing some research on the film and some critics had mentioned that it's very Anderson Onion. Like it's very like his style, you mm-hmm. know? And I thought it was like really funny because I could actually really pick up on it now, especially after watching Fantastic Mr. Fox, as you mentioned. And um, I loved being able to recognize his style and being able to like almost feel like it's something that uh like only you know of course other people have probably uh, have seen his films you know but it's kind of one of those things that like if you're in on it and he lets you in on it it's really special and i love like we're we're talking things with just the way he frames and composes his scenes you know obviously we see the symmetry we see how almost like uh like you could just take a still and it looks like a great like picture, you know, and um, but just, uh, I guess just like since it is such a unique style, 
you're looking out for it or you don't even have to. You just feel it. And I love how it's it's like based in an emotion. It's based in a feeling. And I love how he does that. And it looks like, it seems like he's going to be doing that with all of his films because he has that same style and it works so well. And going back to the cleverness, um, like, in, yeah, in this case, if we go back to the idea of the uh, orchestra and its pieces and using that as an analogy for the characters in the film and their story, um, yeah, like basically like right there just sold me on it because I loved... I, because I guess I could understand that. I could understand that from a, a music and a musician's perspective because I play the guitar and understanding how things break down. But the best part, the best part is when they bring everything back together. Because once you listen to it in its own, um, on its own, it's great. But when you have it together, all in one, it's 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 that uh, it's the goosebumps moment. It's that moment when you tell yourself that like, okay, all the pieces are here and it couldn't, it could, it couldn't be better without all the pieces. And I felt like it was exactly the same for the story. Once everything came together, I was like, it couldn't have been better. And I, and I felt that same emotional uh, moment of all the pieces are together and it's beautiful like a piece of music. His eyes downcast, his kingdom in ruins. Minar pressed his heavy paw through the rippling surface of the cool shallows and down to its stone floor. My people once were led by a great and noble beast, and I no longer see his face in this reflection. Uh, I do want to, like, uh, start on like let's let's talk about like the story or whatnot yeah um it has like different like so we're gonna have to take it in like different sections right and yeah, it's yeah. kind of like uh uh fantastic mr fox did the exact same thing essentially too but like maybe not made that like uh music you know uh um analogy right. as like the forefront but in this one you can clearly uh see there's you know different parts and different layers throughout the the whole uh, story process or whatnot. Right. But the main focus is, you know, uh, Sam and Susie, you yeah. know, as they go out to, you know, the wilderness, essentially. Their and, adventure, yeah. Uh, they have this, like, you know, love story, basically. And I, I essentially want to say that it's basically a... It's just a, like a, a, a simple storytelling of, like, literal young love, I want to say, because, you know, they're young, so it's supposed right. to be literal. Yeah, of course. And, you know, they're, they're in love and then they have, like, uh, unique stuff about them. Maybe people think that they're uh, weird or treat them, like, as a child or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. maybe they just don't fit in. But for some reason, they, you know, they find themselves in each other. Right. And, you know, they're basically going to, you know, do whatever it takes to keep that alive, quote unquote. Yep. So that's what essentially like I want to like say that, you know, goes down to their their section. And then like even with another relationship with um, the family of uh, Susie. Yeah. Like her mom and uh, Bruce Willis's character, this other. Captain Sharp. Yeah, Captain Sharp. This uh, cop from the island or whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, like, this sense of, like, uh, a broken relationship, you know, with uh, Bill Murray in, in the mix as well. You right. know, 
should they, you know, divorce or whatnot, or, you know, this affair, a side angle, basically. And it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of weird because, like, um, there's, like, these different uh, sections. And, like, I think it's just clever because, like, there's, like, different takes on. It's, again, going back to, like, Fantasmaster Fox where, like, maybe in a different timeline or different uh, stage in your life you could connect to this. Mm, yeah. Not connect to this or, yep. like, understand this and basically take something out of some area. And it's kind of uh, clever and unique and uh, I want to say different because it's typically we only focus on one area usually in a film and this one's multi-layered. Yeah, and I would say that uh, focusing on the love side of uh, the film. Uh, I, I like how you said that because not only does it can like um, a younger person probably feel actually the older one too. a younger person could probably feel some kind of relation with what Sam and Susie are going through. And then the older adult could figure out um, or possibly relate to what Susie's mom and uh, Captain Sharp are, are going through. And, uh, and even, um, Susie's father, uh, since like he's in the mix with all of it because, you know, um, uh, there, the Susie and Susie has her, her mom and the mom and she has them both the parents, mom and the mom and the dad, right? They're both together, but the mom has having an affair with the cop for who knows how long. Um, but I think another thing to, to it is that. It almost feels like the the first thing you can think about with this film is that the love angle between the children is silly and it doesn't make any sense. And I love how they almost kind of like criticize that it also happens with adults just in a different way. And I, I guess I like this idea that like people think it's silly with kids or like when you're a teenager and whatnot. And uh, it's really not that much different when you're an adult. It is, of course. There are, obvi- there are obvious things that are clearly defined and different. But, like, the essence of it is silly still. And I like how the film brings attention to it. But I think that the movie, and I think that people can mistake the movie for being, like, a romance comedy, you know? And I feel like that's one part of it. But I felt like... The bigger part, in my opinion, was really about, and you mentioned this briefly, that it's the idea about two kids, two people who are misunderstood by society and by loved ones and just other people, right? And finding their place in the world. And I think that's the bigger picture. I think that's the underlying message, in my opinion, for this film. And again, it's multi-layered. Um, I think that like the love is like that tip of the iceberg, but the real thing that comes out from this movie is the sense of finding a place to belong, finding this sense of, um, uh, like these people are essentially daydreamers, you know? And I feel like, um, I feel like this kind of movie could probably, um, be for those kinds of people, the ones who daydream a lot or just at all. I feel like those people are going to understand the film more so than anybody else. I, in my opinion, why? Because I think 
the movie is based on this idea of like the young love, kind of reckless, not really know what you're doing because you don't know any better at this point. And I think that everyone at some point in their lives, if you're a daydreamer, have thought in this reckless way. You have thought in this reckless way as a young person, pre, like if, you know, whenever, when you were 12. And I think that if you had that same, those same feelings and like, like, it's just, it's just the part of like growing up, you know, you, you're, you're, you're getting older, you're in your preteens, or if you want to consider that your, your teenage years, but I usually consider it 13, but like you're in your preteen years, you're getting older, you're figuring things out. Um, and obviously the film goes into that, uh, quite a bit. And, um, I just think that with this idea of like, uh, with that, everyone has gone through it in their own in their own ways. But I think that the people who have had these uh, feelings of just like escaping, running away, going with the person that you love, listening to good music, uh, basically not having a care in the world, and going and exploring these beautiful places with uh, the person that you want to uh, like have at your side most. Uh, I feel like that's a uh, those are the ideas and characteristics of like a young daydreamer you know and i feel like if you've had that in any like if you've felt that in any uh moment in your life when you were young you're gonna understand that and you're gonna be more gravitated towards the film than someone who may not necessarily daydream because not everyone does um so yeah there's a lot to like uh go through i would agree in the sense that um this is just like a, we, you know, we we said it earlier. This is a coming of age story, right? Exactly. Where uh, the characters, I guess, undergo some maturity, or like is trying to tell the audience that you know, obviously, we're supposed to uh, relate to uh, you know being young and just doing uh, just stuff, and we might think it's silly at the time, right? Or we might feel uh, again like childish but eventually you know you 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 get out of that and you know you become an adult or whatnot and and even even in the adult stage there's this uh there could be those tendencies to like uh even have those like parallels again you know and like yeah kind of like the nostalgia too right right and uh it just again saying different levels of yourself at different stages in life yeah i feel um yeah also in like uh, another way it's uh giving also like a society state of like yeah i don't know like it's kind of difficult because they do i don't know if it's really like a main focus you know that's what i'm like conflicted on well, man, even then, you know, it's, it's tough to like not even say either way. Here's what I'm about to say. Um, cause they also like poke into like, okay, societal, uh, stuff and like how we, you know, we view as like normal or, you know, going like how you said, uh, these two people are different rights or whatnot. Mm. And, you know, we see, especially with Sam, you know, what they do, like the orphanage or whatnot, if he was left alone and 
people, I guess, just don't seem to like really, I guess, care in some ways, which is like weird because, you know, even his foster, original foster pe- parents, right? you know, they're like, oh, you know, just go away, quote unquote, really. Yeah. And then even like, um, what is it? Uh, social services, yeah. what they call it for here. And, uh, they like, oh, yeah, he's just going to go away or whatnot and not even giving this, like, human uh, thought process to, you know, where is this child going and how right. is he going to grow up. And yeah. that's, like, this unfortunate uh, side where even at some points with others maybe, you know, you don't consider those uh, – you don't you don't, like, give – a thought to other people in, in that regard yeah. and like actions. And that's also like a play on like uh, uh, a parallel to even uh, like young love and relationships. Like, Oh, it's just you alone too with them, but you're not thinking about who you affect throughout that stuff. And like normally I guess some people just don't, and someday maybe people do mature um, to think about other uh, sides. Oh, okay. And then even then there's also, you know, the the fact that it's it could still be a good thing regardless. It's, it's like it's right. not a black and white issue, you know. Right, like, there's yeah. very much like gray areas uh, just to think about, you know, just the reality of uh, yourself and yeah, right. what you want to do and who you affect with your actions. Yeah. I, I think that um I feel like the hook is definitely like that romance comedy angle. I just feel like the the I would argue that the film is probably more so about the, the more like the idea of the two kids being misunderstood. So then, like the love is definitely like there and it's present, sure. But I definitely think that the big side to it is this idea of people being misunderstood. That is the the if I had to sum it up in one word, Moonrise Kingdom is about is a film about people who are misunderstood and mistreated because of that. I would say, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's very simple, but it's like very good. It's effective, and um, I just like the way how I like the way that everything is presented too, because it felt very. It felt like Mister, uh, like Fantastic Mister Fox, and. Um, in that things moved quickly. Again, we had moments, a lot of moments in such a short amount of time. It's crazy. Again, like it's only an hour and uh, like an hour and a half Mm. roughly. And I felt like that there were so many moments in this movie and I'm just shocked and surprised that we could have all of these great moments within, within just that hour and a half. If, because it feels so much longer while you're watching because so much has happened. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I love the location too. The, like just the colors of things. Um, obviously the really great uh, composition and the shots. It was almost a little jarring this time because we were in, um, it was real life now, but it also gave a sense of, it felt like fantasy still. You know, yeah. it felt like a daydream if I had to like sum it up, you know? I would say it's because of those shots, because you know how we we normally don't see 
that way. Right, yeah. And because, you know, we were in the... Maybe because we also watched Fantastic First, Fantastic Mr. Fox First, uh-huh. that it gave us, like, oh, yeah, it's it's an animated thing, animated style. So it added to the effect, possibly. Right. Uh, I do want to say, like, on just, like, the location on this island again, uh, this is a... a, a a great piece with the narrator. I never, oh, I right. didn't understand the narrator at all at the beginning. No, yeah, I was like, well, what are we, what are we seeing or whatnot? And then eventually, you know, when we get back to him and seeing like other places, it's like, it's, 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 it's such a clever thing. And I really like just what they did with him. It was just at certain funny moments, you know, like, uh, uh, when he eventually does come back, I believe, you know, he interrupts like this whole argument yeah. and whatnot. And like, he's like the side character that's into the story or knows what's happening just like us. Right. Yeah. And, uh, he just, he actually has like the opportunity to like, uh, inject himself into the, you know, like change yeah. certain things and like, right. give us, uh, a sense of what's going on. And yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting character. Like, uh, you think to yourself, was the person or character even really needed, you know, essentially? But, like, I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like, I like the guy, you know? Excuse me, Captain Sharp! As some of you know, I taught Sam for the cartography accomplishment button. He's a smart boy, and he expressed a keen interest in the history of the island's indigenous peoples. In particular, I recall his fascination with the idea of retracing the original path of the old Chickasaw harvest migration. Hmm. What I'm getting at is this. I think I know where they're going. Yeah, I think narrators are such a... uh, It's... I feel like uh, nowadays, like in films, narrators aren't very commonplace. Mm -hmm. But when you introduce one, you can do a lot with it because, like you said, you can either have them on the sidelines or it could even be better when they get interjected into the film somehow. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was a mix of both. And um, yeah, at first I was really confused as to how the narrator or like what the role was and were they actually a character within the story or were they just like there to just present it? And um, I liked that that he was both. And it was like just unique and but it did it felt so right because it just felt again it felt like Wes Anderson and i loved again i just love this sense of style i love i love the way he has like his tracking shots the movement it feels like something out of a daydream and what's what's funny is that um uh i when i was doing some more research into the film i did learn that Wes Anderson um, had a lot of these experiences. These were his experiences that he was in a camp. Uh, he was in a play of that Noah's flood. That's uh, um, more for a, a creator to take experiences that they had and Im- implemented in, you know, certain uh, works or whatnot. Right. I even want to say like, you. I think I can even tell like inspirations on like his, uh, his film styles. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's very much like an older style, like, uh, Right. Stop motions, like, uh, like well, you know, I'm talking like you know, 20s, 30s, and even older stuff. You know, right. that uh, you can just tell this like sense of like, I don't know, it's like, it's like uncomfortableness in some yeah. areas. Like, yeah. uh, I want to say like, I don't know, if surreal is the right word, but it has like that sort of like uh, those feelings, you know, it, like accompanied with them, and it's like, no, I agree. It's it's very. I don't know. It's 
it depends on how you really look at them, you know? Like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could ever, like, really get comfortable enough. It always makes me, like, on edge. But uh, for uh, somebody, you know, maybe they have some other experience with it or whatnot. Right. I'm actually, like, curious if, uh, if he really is influenced by those things or, or not. I did find that he was doing a lot of research for this film. He was doing a lot of research on uh, uh, older love films like or like romance films. Even like, uh, I think like two or uh, like a few French films, I think. From, I totally see that, yeah. From like the early like 40s and stuff. And uh, so like around that time period, like 40s, 30s. He was getting some inspiration. Like he had a few movies that he used for inspiration for this film. Um, I would say that like his style, you were saying that like kind of like you're never fully comfortable with some of the things. And uh, I think that's like a good thing. And I personally, I really enjoy when it's, it's like at the brink of uncomfortable or it's like right like in the uncomfortable uh because i guess it's kind of like this thing of just challenging you to think or how do you really feel about this and uh but it doesn't in such like a creative way where you don't really have time to think about it because you're already in that moment um and i just find that like interesting that he just has like that sense of idea, like I guess just the whole story in general, just the fact that it's just two kids who want to be together and like, how do you feel about that? And now you're like on their journey and you're seeing it not only from their perspective, but you see it from the parents' perspective as well. And again, going back to the different pieces of the orchestra, we see the different pieces of the characters and as they move along in the film. And that's what I just loved about it because it was all tied into that idea and I and I was remembering that in every bit that we saw from Sam being in this the uh the scouts or the khaki scouts and uh, we even saw it in the perspective of the scoutmaster uh um um scoutmaster ward I loved how we saw like even his perspective I loved the tapes that he was that he was like oh, keeping yeah. as like a track record as like a log record for you know what he did that day and the reaccount of like the reaccount of the events. And it was all just like so charming, just like fantastic Mr. Fox, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, I think, I think the film like just hits you emotionally in a certain way. I would, I would say like, uh, I don't know. Like, like I do agree. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much like a style of, uh, really getting you to think on certain stuff and like, uh, it's very quick, you know, like if you you miss some, something, you could a little, you know, be off balanced. I don't know, like, uh, again, I'm, I'm in this conflict of like, I respect the idea of it, you know, hmm. but like, I think I honestly, I'm like, man, sometimes I just get a little like uh, exhausted by the... Uh, the pacing or whatnot maybe i'm just too you know now seeing films or whatnot or maybe my own style is just a little bit different you know than his Mm -hmm. but like uh uh the storytelling for me is a little bit too too i don't want to say like 
wacky but like free flowing you know oh. it's 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 not as uh i don't know yeah free flowing i guess it's it's very it's very like I, like i want to basically bring up the whole lightning bolt moments when he gets struck by lightning oh and like something like that for me like just puts me off i'm like seriously you know like uh I understand, like I understand, like again, his like his his whole style and like comedy and you know such stuff like that. But like for me, I'm like uh, I don't know if I really like those type of moments in my if like if I was making a film or whatnot. Right. And yeah, for for me, that's like a little bit going into the realm of like too far. I guess I'm more on like I guess my my like comfort zone is like a, a pixar storytelling wise where like i get lifted off my feet but everything by the end still makes sense in this comfortable way you know again it sounds bad technically because i do i really respect this idea of like trying to do different things and uh but like i don't know for for me i guess I'm, i personally am not that like free flowing to like do these sorts of things you know like what does this lightning bolt getting struck by lightning effectively do you know uh i i can see what you're saying i guess in my head i i have this all in the frame of mind as of like a like a daydream a story notice how like they're the big another big thing is uh the books that they that um that uh susie reads like mm-hmm. these, uh, these stories and you, and as you hear the stories, there's, it's obviously fantasy or like, not, or I don't know if I would call it fantasy, but, uh, fiction, it's fiction. Right. And, uh, I have the entire film set in that frame of mind of this like fiction story that you're reading on like a really nice sunny day. And I have it like the whole film in my head is like this story that, um, it isn't really I'm not saying that I'm giving it the excuse that it doesn't have to like make sense. But in a way I am saying that, but it's more like uh it works with this it works with this story because it's supposed it's not like necessarily like well sure it's like fiction, right? But um uh I think uh, because of the nature of a story uh, and of this story in particular, we can take those liberties to uh have things that just occur and it's okay because it works in the style of the film. So if I were to do this, like in a Pixar film, for example, I wouldn't have done something like the lightning bolt that he was struck by because he would have obviously been killed probably. And, um, but I think with just the nature of this film, it, it works and it doesn't feel out of place in my opinion, because I had already set this in like a, a daydream uh like ask feeling for me and um i just like went along with it because you want to i guess like in my in my head i'm like daydreams are things that you just want to follow and you just want to get lost in and i felt like the movie was the same thing for me that it's like this story that just kind of happened out of nowhere because it happened pretty quickly as we first started uh you know like we're at the camp we get the sense of there's a rhythm that everyone has to follow right get up in the morning cook do your uh your tents uh do like what like laundry uh build a tree house somewhere it felt all like 
okay, here are the daily things that we normally do. And then all of a sudden we're just like right into a story. Sam is gone and he's escaped and now we have to find him. And I loved this. It felt such like a, um, like a fiction story that you're going to read when you're young. Like one of those like really great fiction novels that you, you read when you were like a teenager and it just kind of like happens. And now you're along for the ride because you want to be. And, uh, I think if you release yourself like that, then you just let it like happen. And these events just occur. Um, and again, I think it works with this film because one, it works with Anderson's, uh, style. Um, it's quick, it's witty, and it's clever. Um, and like all of the same, like at the very same time, it's also like rooted in his composition and we still get pieces that make sense because I think we're at the end of the, the day, like we still are able to find things that actually like matter and that there's a message to. Yeah, maybe I'm just like, maybe I think too much into things, you know, like maybe it doesn't have to like uh, uh, essentially like have some sort of uh, thing to it. But like, I don't know, Uh, I would disagree just for the fact that like, I think there has to be something or like uh, just uh, purely for the fact that everything else in this film seems like it was put there for something you know like it's just too clever i i would it seems crazy to me that the person who creates this film has all these clever stuff and doesn't have a thing for this moment you know it's like that seems like oh man like how could you i don't know again maybe i'm just not smart enough or something or like uh allowing myself to like you know, like <laughs> go to read, some other like, place. Yeah, like reach up and go to some other place. But like, I don't know. Like, like I, again, I think it's really um, not to say that there isn't any kind of um, idea like in it or a meaning behind it. Um, but I think that it's really as long as you're there along for the ride, you just feel it. I, and it's a, I think it's a hard thing in order to get. And I feel like personally, I feel like this film is for daydreamers and for the people who do that. They're going to love this film. I'm a daydreamer myself. I have been like ever since I was a kid and I still am. And it's just like there's certain images. That's the best way I can put it. There's images that Wes Anderson that creates with film that are just a part of a daydream. And it's so good. For example, that moment towards the end when uh, and, it, and it also feels silly, too. Don't get me wrong. But that moment uh, when we have that really bad storm because of the, uh, the uh, like the, was it a tsunami? No, it was a tsunami. It was a, I think it just happened one, one day. And, you know, just this really bad storm, a flood. And again, if they also mentioned the Noah's flood. Uh, and that's another big thing that we can take as a, like a reference for the film as well, for mm-hmm. the story. Um, anyway, uh, that really bad storm towards the end. Uh, Bruce Willis's character, Captain Sharp, is uh, chasing after Sam and Susie because at the very top of like the the church steeple, they're like at the very top, and then all of a sudden, like uh, he finally uh, convinces them to come down. But at that very moment, when he convinces them, lightning is struck, and they're basically just like dangling from a rope. And it, but it's what's great about it 
is that it's like, it's just hidden in silhouette and it's beautiful. Like this, this really nice, like navy blue background with just like hidden in silhouette oh, yeah. of the church steeple and yeah. them just hanging. It's an image. And I think, like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that image. And if you, I don't know, like, it, that, that image just makes sense, like, when it's paired with the music, with the story, and the characters, and you're there for it. And uh, um, even, like, the moment when he was about to go up and chase after them, there was a moment where they were looking down, and he was looking at them, but it was from, like, a uh, 2D perspective, and it was that was great too, like in itself. Um, and maybe it's like a nod to something that he's seen before. But I think that Wes Anderson creates images within this film that um, if you've ever daydreamed in your life, you're just gonna let it happen. Um, not to say that there isn't meaning behind it, because I think there is. I just think that it means something for. It means something different for everyone, in my opinion. And I think that's what you have to, like, uh, get out of this film. Because some people will look at the film and say, like, oh, they're too young to uh, be in love. They don't know what love means. Mm -hmm. While other people are going to be rooting for them. Other people are going to just feel uncomfortable that we're watching this. And other people are going to be looking at it and say, why? It's all really just a part of growing up. We've all been there. We've all seen these things or felt these things that we just feel like it's we just can't talk about. I always felt that like uh, or like I'm starting to feel like all of this if his storytelling wise is like metaphors to yeah. certain scenarios or analogies, like, right? Yeah, or like or either it could be literal or yeah. like you know completely different. It's just. Uh, I guess this is why I feel exhausted in certain areas. It's just the fact that I, I want to understand that analogy, that metaphor to like fully myself figure out that, okay, I understand. So now it's okay, quote unquote. Mm. And the fact that there's usually some either barriers or like I, maybe I'm just not in this area of space, you know, right. That like I would, I won't get the analogy or oh, the okay. metaphor or the, right. you know, whatever. And I guess that in my head, it's kind of restricting, you know, mm. I'm very much in the realm of like, I like general, uh, knowledge to the, in the way where like, anybody could understand it regardless of whatever you know right like universal truths if there is any right and in the in this way it's kind of like there's hidden life either lessons journeys ideas but maybe if you never had certain experience you might never fully understand, quote unquote. Right, and that that's uh, that's totally like a a um, understandable thing to like think about and actually say because uh, yeah, because if you haven't gone through the experience, it's hard to like imagine. Um, but I guess like my question is is that like what makes you feel like what makes you feel like um, you're not understanding. Like what? What? What makes you feel like you're not understanding the film? 
No, no, no. I understand like bits and pieces of it. It's just like uh, I find myself like, okay, again, like going back to like the lightning bolt scenario, like why make the choice of him getting uh, struck by lightning? Why maybe make the choice of like uh, going on? Like I know like for like exaggeration, you know, for possible uh, intense moments to go up into the church or whatnot. But like, uh, I don't know. There's just diff. There's there's. Uh, I don't know. There there's certain moments I want to say throughout stuff where I'm thinking, okay, why this? Okay, uh, why do the people have like a change of hearts? Okay, why? Or uh, why write the scenario where? Um, they're out in the wilderness and uh, we stab the guy for killing the dog. Why kill the dog? Why hmm. uh, set this place on an island? You know, well, there's probably certain like meanings to this stuff, right? It's just uh, there's a lot of stuff to pack in in a short amount of time that I find. Right. My, and with like this imagery of like... Uh, balanced and uh uh frame work right i find myself being like overly exhausted trying to like okay how am i what am i looking at you know right i think that it definitely doesn't it takes more than one viewing i think and um i think it can just like i said mean just different things for other for like different people um yeah, I, I would just say that the like the scenes present themselves in a way where they are, they are very fast. Like, don't get me wrong, that they are fast, and it is kind of hard to like pick up on. Okay, why are they like making this decision? And maybe it's just an idea of trying to cram in like just things that you experience when you're young, and you have and you kind of just like experience it for the first time, because maybe that was their like for example like the dog dying like maybe that was just their first like view of death maybe you know like just these like real things that happen and you just experience them and maybe it's putting that putting it in that light and also we have to remember like i mentioned that it is also a mixture of wes anderson's own experiences so maybe those are just included for the sake of these are things that i experienced when i was younger and maybe other people have too and um and I think that I like I think that's fine as well. Um but I think it could just be like a thing of where like we're experiencing all these different things in such a short amount of time and they maybe that could be the light that we that uh that is presented and that it's just happening because things happen that way. Um, or not. I think it like it really does take like a second and third, however many viewings, because you're always gonna find like something different. Um uh but yeah. I always find in my like uh I find myself always thinking like why write this way? You know? It, yeah. it, like I I understand like the events that occur sure. and you know the journey that we're on. It's just I'm I always take it in the place okay 
if I were writing this, would I do it this way, you know? Mm. And uh, essentially, I, I find myself saying, like, maybe not, you know, or, okay, if we did take this scenario, what are the goals and what are we putting into to make it work? You know, that's why I get, I think, confused on these certain scenarios. Like, if I were writing this whole lightning bolt scenario, uh, does this effectively tell my audience what I'm trying to convey, you know? Yeah. And if I can't figure that out, my audience won't figure that out either, I think, because I think my audience are smarter, you know? They'll pick it up before I do. So mm-hmm. if I can't figure it out before they do, they're not, you know, it's we're just all in a confused, you know, little bubble or whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh I think I do like enjoy aspects, you know, I can, I can see the general themes and, uh, certain scenarios that they're trying to go for. And, uh, obviously like the music is the best part probably. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know for me. I don't, I don't know if I would, I think I'd give it another try, but like, um, I don't think I was like wild like you were, I think. Yeah, I I was um like especially like towards the end when uh we got to see um I think it was like a photo of Moonrise Kingdom and then we saw like an actual like shot of Moonrise Kingdom from like a distance yeah, and we when saw they like, were at the beach area. Yeah, yeah. And uh man, I, that was just emotional. I don't know I don't know what it was. Oh, really? Music like paired up with it. That's what I that's what I'm talking about where Wes Anderson creates just beautiful images and you're there for it. And like I just saw it and like pair with the music, the the images, but it also be it means more to me because we had those characters there and they got to be there for a moment and experience their their boundless love, if we want to call it boundless love, if we're for a brief moment for like a night. Mm-hmm. And uh there's a story there. I think that's the, the lingering presence that I have with this film, that there's experiences that you have in life that you would get to experience with other people, friends, family, like and anybody. And it's like so good. And you only get to experience with that, that uh, like moment with those people. And you get to share that moment and that memory later and get to talk about it. And you get to feel those feelings all over again. And I felt like while watching the film, even though I didn't really, I didn't have like personal experiences at those places, I had the experiences that those characters had. And seeing it, like for example, like when the the scouts helped out Sam, and when they were gonna let him go on the boats and everything, it just I thought about it in my head of like, what if I were one of those scouts who had helped Sam? And you had such a great time, not only like, obviously like you were against him in the beginning and then all of a sudden like you kind of like realize we're being jerks. We can't do this to this kid. And we all go and uh, save or like help his own like girlfriend escape. And then we all bring her back to him and we're all like in this like escape uh, like plan together to help each other out and now we're going to part ways and we may never see each other again. Like, like I'm just, especially since we're setting this in mid sixties, uh, uh, 
they may have never seen each other again, you know? And yeah. that, that's that kind of like idea that I thought of was, was um, they got to experience all of that, all of that, like uh, the, the adrenaline, the, the companionship, the uh, like probably how, like how tired they were, like how scary it was, but like in the end, they're all going to have that memory together. And I was just like, that's, that's what I love feeling. And, going back to like the music once we have like those separate parts and they all have their own different things and we bring it all together it's it's everything that you could have ever wanted and even like those people just playing together and uh the characters together it's what makes sense like it's like we we can't have one without the other and that's what that's what i love that these characters have character and we couldn't live without any of them and that's what i really like about stories like these because it hits you in an emotional way in my opinion or at least it did for me and um it, it was just great like for that reason and i i loved it uh definitely after we record this podcast i'm gonna find that movie and i'm gonna <laughs> buy it because we watched it we watched it on amazon prime and we we watched it with ads and let me tell you the ads were just poorly timed and uh, I definitely need to own this movie because uh, after I watched it, even when I was watching the end credits, um, I was like, wow, whoever made these definitely took time. And uh, it was just wonderful, especially with the music bit. So good. So there we have it. Uh, Wes Anderson's um, coming of age comedy drama, Moonrise Kingdom. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The End Credits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The End Credits Podcast, and over on Twitter at The End Credits. If you're watching the video version, make sure to subscribe to The End Credits YouTube channel. That's it. Thank you, and goodbye. Electric guitar. Ukulele. Classical guitar. Banjo. Then wood blocks. Phone.